This is the Bible in Depth with PJ. Join us as we take a deeper look into scriptures and study the Word of God together. Now here is Pastor Jim. We're back. Uh, we left off with Raising Kids Part 1 last week, and we're going to do Raising Kids Part 2 this week because there's plenty of things that you can say about raising kids. Um, raising kids is one of the most difficult and rewarding things that, uh, that you can do. Listen to somebody, and many of you out there like me, I have adult kids now, I've raised them. But listen closely, I'm going to tell you though, you younger parents. It goes by so fast. I mean, gosh, the time goes by so fast. So enjoy them. Enjoy your kids while they're infants, while they're babies. I always tell this, and I do, I think, more often than not now. I tell Olivia, I say, you know, I just wish we could go back for one day. Just one day when our kids were toddlers and they're little. And just experience them all over again. Just one day. Just give me one day to go back. Because it goes by so fast. You have so many memories and you have so many great memories and you know, I just wish I could hold them as babies again and as toddlers and but it goes by. So I thank God that God finally gave me grandchildren so I can hold those babies all over again. Uh, but not to change diapers. Be, been there, done that. Every time they ask me, I want to change a diaper? Nah, it's okay. Been there, done that one. <laughs> Now, last week we looked at Colossians 3.20 as far as uh, children being obedient to their parents. And we made the case that that verse assumes that there are parents in the home. And I, and I strongly pushed the, the, the reality that what needs to be fixed in America, what the big problem is, we have too many fatherless homes in America. That's a source of so many problems in our society that people and officials just keep throwing more money at, throw money at. It doesn't solve the moral problem. It's a moral problem. So that was last week. Go back and watch that if you want. So let's continue in our study in Colossians 3.21. Let me read it to you. It says this. Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they will not lose heart. Mm, 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 mm. That's a good verse. So, let me give you some application first, okay? Quick point, then we're going to go into this. Um, first thing I want to tell you, I think he's saying is this. He said, well, I know he's saying. Fathers, do not stir up anger in your kids, in your children. Exasperate. When he says, fathers, don't exasperate your kids. Exasperate means to stir up anger. Let me put, you, put it bluntly. Don't raise your children to become angry adults. I, I, I talked about that last week, but let me say it again. We got enough of those. We have enough kids who just grew up angry in situations at home, and they're just angry adults. They number in the millions and millions in America. I was one of them. It took me decades to get past that. that anger had such a grip in my life. We, we got to quit raising angry children. The, the, you see it all over the place. Now, <clears throat> let me reiterate what I said last week. This is an important thing. When you have an angry adult, they're, they're only adults in their physical growth and intellectual development. 
or possibly in their intellectual development, but not in their emotions. Haven't you ever had to deal with an angry adult? Don't you ever feel like you're dealing with an emotional child? But they're an adult. You're dealing with an elementary schooler in a grown-up body. Haven't you ever noticed that? Haven't you ever seen that? Adults throwing tantrums, but they're like in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. Isn't that crazy? <clears throat> Listen. If you're an angry parent, and by the way, <clears throat> let me tell you what anger looks like. Because it's not just the guy or gal punching their hand through the wall or blowing up and screaming all the time. We know they're angry. But anger looks more like this than the average person. It's chronic impatience with people or situations, chronic irritability with people or situations, or chronic pouting over people or situations. Any one or two or all three on a consistent chronic level, that's the angry person. You don't get angry. You're always angry. Just whatever tips you and here it comes. I had to finally admit that to myself. That I was one of the angriest people around. I was just inside. I was, people irritated me. I was very impatient with people. And I was a powder. Oh, that's why I can't, oh, pouting. Oh, I, I was that guy. So it's important as a parent, you got to deal with your own anger. And anger doesn't just come in, you know, that outward aggressive, aggressive. You can be a passive aggressive angry person. You, you think you're fooling people and you're holding all inside. No, you're in a, you're in a passive aggressive. You got to deal with your anger. You got to deal with the source so you don't pass it on to your children and thus another generation of angry people and then we keep the generation of anger going on and the curse, the cycle begins that you need to break. Now, don't stir up anger in your kids. The second thing I think he says is, fathers, do not break your child's spirit. He says, you know, don't exasperate them so, that, so they don't lose heart. Now, lose heart, interesting words Paul uses. Those Greek words, they mean spiritless or a broken spirit. You know, you could break your kids. You could break their spirit. You can destroy their passion. You know, we're not supposed to break our kids' spirit. We're to curb it. We're to curb it in the right direction. We're to mold that spirit to go in the right direction. You don't want to overdo it where you kill that spirit in your child. You see, like the Proverbs writer says, train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he'll not depart from it. When he's old literally is the idea of when he has a beard, when he's a grown-up. But train up a child in the way he should go. There's a way, there's a flow to him. There's gifts, talents, and abilities. You want to mold them. You don't want to break them. You want to mold them. You want to curb them. You want to add the morality to them so that they become this person that they're supposed to become. So you got to be very careful in that delicate balance right there. So let me give you some application in this one right here when it comes to the two points we just stated. Parents. When it comes to parenting, raising kids. One of the things I'd like to tell you is everything can't be no. Everything just can't, no, no, 
No, no, no, no. Everything can't be no. I'm not saying that everything has to be yes either. But you got to be a parent. We have to be parents. Yeah, there's some things that are no. That's dangerous for them. Or they're not old enough to have that yet. Or that is just plain out wrong. No. <clears throat> I am saying this. Just listen. Listen to what they're asking for and evaluate it. If it's a no, give them some explanation as to why it's no. Give them some rational understanding. You know, they may not be able to comprehend it yet, but at least you're giving them the explanation. Now, for me, um, I decided I wasn't going to be an over, and the keyword is overly. I wasn't going to be an overly strict Christian parent. I, I just wasn't. I, I, I started to observe some very legalistic, overly script, overly strict Christian parents. They were my opinion. That's the way they were. And I thought, I don't want to do that because I'm watching their kids rebel, not want God, not want church. And I thought, I don't want my kids that way. I'm sure not going to do that. So I took some risks. I rolled the dice on a few things. In fact, I was eating dinner about two years ago with somebody and they, and they remembered something I said 20-something years ago in a service. And they said, can I ask you a question? They go, I go, yeah, you can ask me. He goes, you said you were going to take a risk in raising your kids. It was something you're going to give a shot at. Can I ask you what it was? I go, yeah, you can ask me what it was. I don't think they like the answer, but the answer was that I decided that I was not going to raise my kids. And mind you, I, I, my kids grew up under a pastor. I was not going to raise my kids on only Christian music. Now, you may not like that statement, but I wasn't going to do that. I gave them plenty of Christian music, plenty of worship, but I also raised my kids on 60s and early 70s rock. <laughs> so my kids knew all those songs because I didn't want to make this thing like the church is to keep everybody out and we're not going to have anything outside of just singing hymns or singing worship songs. I didn't want that. I wanted my kids to experience life. I didn't want them to just say, oh, I hate this stuff. You see, <clears throat> I didn't want to be overly strict. Now here's why. Here's why. As a parent, you, and by the way, raising them up that way worked out fine. They're all worshipers of God. But you and I are representatives of God. And your children, my children, in many ways will view God the way they view you. Well, let me tell you about God then. Then how should we mimic God? Because they're going to look at God the way they view us and vice versa. In Genesis 3, we find Adam and Eve were told by God that they could eat from any tree in the garden. Any one of them, except one. Have you ever thought about the positivity of that statement? That means that God is the God of yes before he was ever a God of no. And the no is so minuscule. See, too many Christians and some churches are known for things they're against rather than things they're for. God's a God of yes. There's a few no's in there along the way, but he's a God of yes. And you can't portray God as a God of no, 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 because you're going to drive your kids away from God. And you surely don't want to do that. Let me give you another bit of advice I think Paul would tell us. Don't flip-flop on the rules. 
You want to make your kids angry in life? Keep changing the rules. No, be consistent. If this is no, it's no. If this is yes, it's yes. Or if this is no until they turn this age, that's what it is. Where I've seen parents go wrong is because parents can't get along with each other. One parent will say it's okay, and then the other parent to get mad at this, to get back at this parent, will tell the kid, no, you can't do that after all. And then the fight begins, here's the kid caught in the middle. No, no. Be consistent. Don't flip-flop on the rules. And by the way, your kids are smart. They're going to pick up pretty quick on who's the easy-going one. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. And they're going to play to you. And you might be the nice, good parent, but they're watching division. They're watching a household that's not together. And that's insecurity, my friends. So don't flip-flop on the rules. United front. Another thing I think Paul would tell his parents, listen when your kids talk to you. Yeah, listen. I think that's why God, you know, um, gave us two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much as you talk. See, <clears throat> why is it important to listen to your kids? Well, I think many things, but let me give you one. If you don't listen to your kids and what they have to say, then the time comes when you want them to listen to you, but you've already set the precedent. You don't listen to them. I didn't say you have to agree with them. Just listen to them. But if you said the president, I don't want to hear it, I don't, then they're not going to listen to you. Whatever we sow, we reap. If you listen to them, you train them by observation to listen to you and to listen to others. Remember that your kids are a crop. You're sowing seeds. And that crop, little by it's growing, it's growing. And it's going to bear fruit. You want good fruit from the crop. <clears throat> and side note, by listening to your children, doesn't that give them value? Doesn't that give them, uh, give them security? That they, what they have to say is worth listening to? Absolutely. I think another thing Paul would tell us is this. Oh, this, this is a big one. Do not put your child in the middle. Now, I'm going to specifically talk about divorce situations. Can you just please stop? Please stop trying to make your child the secret agent to find out what your spouse is up to. Stop. Do not fill your child with negative thoughts or ideas about your ex, even if they're true. Because that's their parent. And you may say, well, I'm just defending myself against what they're telling my kid about me and what they're making about me. I just have to set the record straight. No, you don't. You're the grown-up. Be the parent. It's rough enough for your kid to be in a divorce situation. That's tough enough. They need a grown-up. You be the cool peacemaker. You be the cool head. They need at least one grown-up in their life. Listen, I guarantee it. I guarantee it that you may think, well, I'm losing. They're making things up about me. I've got to do No, no, no. One day your child will grow up. If you keep your head cool, you don't talk bad about their, 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 husband, their, their mom or dad and you're the your husband or wife. You don't talk about them. Keep a cool head. Be the parent. Be secure. One day your child's going to grow up and realize, oh, you were the healthy parent. You are the one we want to pattern after. 
Guarantee it. Guarantee it. But just be a parent. And, the, and another thing I want to tell you about this, I think Paul would say about this, is home should be a refuge. Now, um, I think there's a lot more pressure on a kid today than when I was a kid. There's so much more coming at them, especially through social media. And you need to keep your kids off social media until they're older because there are so many weird things out there trying to get into your kid's head. And that's a fact. But it's tougher to be a kid nowadays. There's so many more. It's, it's, just, it's just tougher. It's crazier. So, home should be a place they come to where they feel safe, where they feel loved, where there's peace, where mom and dad love each other. A place they want to come home to every day. Shouldn't it? Shouldn't it? Why would they want to go into a world that's already tough out there and then come home to a world that's just chaos and fighting and division? You need to fix it if this is the world you're developing there. Fix it. They need home as a refuge. They need a place of peace. <clears throat> now, let me finish it this way. It's really important, and, and more and more as, I, as you watch and observe, it's, it's really important we, 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 we do not cause our kids to grow up angry, especially angry at us, their parent. And let me tell you why. <clears throat> I've, I, I know I'm a broken record, but I'm going to say it again. In my life, I have, um, and I've been walking with Christ 42 years. I have never seen our Judeo-Christian values questioned and uprooted like today. Never seen it like this. Our kids are facing a barrage of new thinking New values that are not values. They're not values. There's nothing valuable about it. They're facing man-made thinking, not from God's word. When Adam sins, and he hides in those bushes, and he says, I hid because I was naked. I was free. And what does God tell him or ask him? Who told you that? Who told you you're naked? Translation, who you've been talking to? Translation, who you've been listening to? Translation, who you letting fill your head with the wrong thoughts? See, there's a real devil out there with real demons and there's a domain of darkness and they manipulate people and ideas and thinking. And by the way, there's nothing new. Just read history. This is nothing new. It just, Satan has no new place. Keeps repeating them, but now it's caught up here in America. But there's, but Satan's trying to whisper in our kids' ears through all kinds of different mediums and people and this and that. As a parent, as a parent, I, I, I'm the counter. I counter that re-education process, that social engineering that they're trying on our kids right now. It's Yeah, it's happening right now. They're trying to destroy God's word. Isn't that what Satan did from the get-go? Has God said? That's what they're doing right now. Has come on, God? There's no God. Has there's no God? But if I'm a parent, 
who just walks around making my kids angry by my behavior, they'll never listen to me. And they'll never listen to the things I believe in here. They'll listen to every wrong voice out there. So I gotta fix me. I did a series a couple years ago. If I fix me, I fix us. That's true. Let's fix ourselves. I wanna raise strong, moral children who are not angry, yet who know what they believe, who know what they believe, and can stand up with the light of God's word in the midst of darkness and not bend. That people would say about your kid one day, like they said of Jesus said of John the Baptist. Would you go out in the wilderness to see a reed shaken in the wind? No. I tell you, a prophet, more than a prophet. What do you say? You didn't go out to see a guy who flip-flops everywhere into whatever thinking, who's whatever the waves push this way and thinking. No, he's firm, he's strong, it's what he believes. He doesn't go with cultural thinking, he goes with God thinking. And you as a parent are a key player in that. But if you just make kids angry, you make your kids angry, like, well, they're not going to listen. They're just not going to listen. And every voice out there is going to get them. We can't let that happen. Amen. I'll stop there today. Next week we're going to look at uh, being the best employee. Yeah. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions or need prayer, please send us an email to hello at nbcc.com. We'd love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and take a second to rate it. Until then, we'll see you next time.